I can't breathe. Like never in my life have, <laughs> have I looked at a zucchini and thought, yeah, put that in the ice cream. It sounds real no. good. No. No. Get out of my cookies. Get out. Out of my cookies. <laughs> What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> Something about the phrase, get it out of my cookies. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Parks and Rewatch. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Joy. And today we are diving into season six, episode 13, Anne and Chris. Felt like so, that was appropriate. So you're excited for this episode. I'm so excited. Generally, if the button comes out this early in an in a episode, it means you're excited. I'm not saying it's a spoiler alert, but it might be a spoiler alert. Oh, might be a spoiler alert. Okay. Oh, it might be. It just might be. Oh. Joy, what happens in this episode? This is an ode to endings, and I'm just going to play an E minor chord. <laughs> From the public town hall meeting to the campaign rallies to the countless pep talks and the cups of tea. Anne was there. Yes, she was. Mm. From a city budget crisis. It was bad. To bumble flex. So flexible. To runs at all times of day. Anytime, go run. To near relentless positivity. The happiness. Chris brought joy. Oh. Not me. The feeling, the emotion. And I think you should probably always slide comments in like this all the time. (laughs) Please continue to do so. Last verse. And now their time is gone. No more time. You're out. A new start all around. Everywhere. (laughs) Opportunities await for development. Develop them. Opportunities. Space for new personalities. So much space. Large. And the show will go on. It's not stopping. Ta-da! <laughs> that is my ode to endings with Joe's fantastic improv just sprinkled in like as if Salt Bay. Oh, uh, man. I think that if either you or I anytime ever go on to do any stand-up, our experience <laughs> doing this podcast will come in so valuable. I know. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) I vote you before me, but I will play ukulele in the background for you. Ooh, we could take it on the road. We could just, yeah. Yeah, great. Like together be a combo show. Right. Which is basically what we're doing with this podcast. Right. (laughs) So cool. Yes. Yes. Here's your little taste of what it's going to be like, everybody. Joe and Joy on the road. All right. You knew that was funny as you were doing it. I saw that in your face. (laughs) All right. Episode behind the scenes of trivia. Leslie mentions that she made Anne 103 scrapbooks. And interestingly, mm, yep, I'm off to a great start. Interestingly enough, this episode is the 103rd in the series. Cute. Scrapbook titles that Leslie made for Anne include, among others... Thoughts on Sam Watterson, Nurse Anne, Eat, Read, Eat, Pray, Love, Talk. Wow. That's very good. That's three, three actual things. Eat, comma, read, eat, pray, love, comma, talk. Got it. Got it. The mystery of the woman we saw in Food and Stuff who looked like Isla Fisher. That just makes me think of our discussion. Is it Isla? Is it Isla? Is it Isla? <laughs> It's Isla, and I have just been living Isla? a lie my whole life. Easley, <laughs> <laughs> Easley, Fisher. Although that that does make me wonder 
Are there any names of famous people, celebrities, anybody like that, who you thought it was pronounced one way for a very long time until you learned better? I feel like there's a few, and I just can't remember. I mean, that would be one. I mean, same topic, but not celebrities. Um, I don't know if you experienced this growing up. I, I was an avid reader as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so there were so many words that I didn't know how they were actually pronounced yes. because I would just read them like chaos. I just yes. thought it was chaos. <laughs> I was like, yes. interesting. What is chaos doing here? Yes. And chameleon, which I thought was chamelon and come on, which I was like, see mon. I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> I think one for me was a hum. Uh, it was I, the thing is, I'm not even sure. I, I'm not 100% confident I'm saying it right now, but mischievous? Yeah. I thought it was mischievous. There's two, though. There is? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> let me let me verify. Because I would read it as mischievous, and I somebody told me that it was mischievous, and I was like, is my life a lie? Oh, no. Mischievous. I thought, oh no. Oh <laughs> no. Mischievous. I know, it's weird. Mischievous. Oh no. <laughs> like the world the, just changed. Like when the person told me that, I was like, wait, are you being mischievous right now? Mischievous. <laughs> mischievous. <laughs> mischievous. <laughs> mischievous. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine i know it's okay it's i i've I'm been I've, i have been where you are uh <laughs> it gets better question everything question the, everything the sun will rise <laughs> the sun will rise tomorrow and it will be okay <laughs> anyway glad we covered that great moving on with albums uh first text message Road Trips 100 Miles or More, The Breakfast Album, Halloween, Kelly Clarkson Concerts 1, 2, and 3, Galentine's Day, and Pregnant! Oh, boy. There's a scene in which uh, Chris Traeger wears a JFK mask and Anne's in Anne's, that should be at Anne's going away party, and says a line from President Kennedy's inauguration speech. Fun fact, Rob Lowe played JFK in the movie Killing Kennedy from 2013. Now you know. Rashida Jones left the show to begin her work on writing Toy Story 4. Oh, I I think I remembered. Yeah, that's why she left. Yeah. Themes for the farewell party that Leslie throws include New Year's, Chinese New Year's, Galentine's Day slash Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Easter, Cinco de Mayo, which is today as today. we are recording. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Fiesta, Mother's Day, Summer Solstice, the 4th of July, Halloween, Thanksgiving. Didn't I already say Halloween? Where did I say Halloween? I don't know. I said it. Oh, in one of the albums. Um, Thanksgiving, Winter Solstice, Christmas, Hanukkah, Founders Week, Flag Day, Anne's Birthday, and Half Birthday. Talk Like a Pittsburgh Pirate Day, Arbor Day, President's Day, National Waffle Day, Women's History Month, Pawnee's 197th birthday, and what appears to be March Madness. That's a lot of things to celebrate. That is. Again, where did Leslie get the resources for all of this? This is a expensive party. Very. For a bunch of people that it doesn't seem like Anne knows. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> In the season two episode, Kaboom, Leslie made two hard hats, one that reads kick on one, and the other says beep. You know, like your butt or a donkey. Um, and in this episode, the hard hats that Anne and Leslie wear at the groundbreaking have those two combined which means they are kick donkeys. <laughs> which means that Leslie listened to Anne's feedback about, about time. <laughs> <laughs> because Leslie got kick and she got the other one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the closing song is The Wallflowers by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And a perfect choice it was. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was going through, oh, oops, I noticed some pretty great reddit threads um the comments in the one about the episode was that bag of knives and onions are for us 
it's a symbol for us crying. <laughs> and the next one was, and the bras are for support. <laughs> uh, then somebody said, oops, somebody said crying acceptable at funerals, the Grand Canyon and during tonight's episode. Um, somebody else said also when getting hit by a bus at seven and when little Sebastian died was a reference to Ron half mast is just too darn high. Son, that horse has an honorary degree from Notre Dame. (laughs) (laughs) Amy Poehler is always so good at being adorably goofy. When she does emotional and sad, it hits like a punch to the gut. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, this is normal. No big deal. Drive safe. And I packed you some sandwiches and some coffee and free nice tea. And she almost turned down breakfast food, guys. (laughs) Yeah, if that, that. That's the indicator that mm-hmm. she's real sad. She real sad. Real sad. Big sad. Okay. It's time for some dives. I did some dives and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that intro. Yeah. Up top, we're going to talk about ice cream sandwiches, groundbreakings, and the box. In the booths, we're going to talk about indoor fireworks, Sam Watterson, scaring away raccoons, and Wolverines. Ooh. What are you most excited to hear about today, Wolverines. Joe? Wolverines. I love right. Wolverines. Well, y'all are going to have to tune into the booths to hear about that. <laughs> so become a patron on Patreon. Ta-da. That's my pitch. Okay. Ice cream sandwiches, which of course was Ann and Leslie's biggest fight. So let's start by defining what an ice cream sandwich is. It's a frozen dessert consisting of ice cream between two biscuits, skins. Why would you oh. call them skins? That's oh. weird. No. Wafers or cookies. The ingredients are different around the world with Ireland and Israel using wafers and North America using chocolate cookies. I'm doing something so, bad. Are you Googling ice cream sandwich skins? Yes. Eh, okay. Good luck with that. In Australia, ice cream sandwiches were formerly known as cream between One purchased a small block of ice cream wrapped in paper and placed it between two wafers. A cream between. In Germany, ice cream sandwiches are made with two wafers and the three flavor combination called first pukler ice. Uh, (laughs) Are you laughing at my pronunciation or what you found? Your pronunciation. Well, not just. I mean, I think your pronunciation was great. That's just a really funny. First Perkler ice, <laughs> elsewhere known as Neapolitan ice cream. Why didn't we just say Neapolitan? First Perkler ice. It's based on a recipe introduced in 1839 by the cook of a German nobleman, Prince Hermann Ludwig Heinrich von Perkler Muscau. That's, I'm sure, how it's pronounced. <laughs> Did you learn anything? I was, it was disappointing. I was expecting it to get sketchy and all it was was pictures of normal ice cream sandwiches. That's dumb. That is dumb. (laughs) Fine. In Iran, the usual Iranian ice cream sandwich is called Bastani Nani, which means bread ice cream, and is made with Iranian traditional ice cream between two wafers. In Ireland, they're known as sliders or an ice cream wafer, and they're usually served as vanilla ice cream sandwiched between two rectangular chocolate wafers. I just I just love ice cream sandwiches. A double nougat mm-hmm. is ice cream sandwiched between two nougat wafers, Ooh. and the wafers are not covered in chocolate, but the edges are. Mm. Mm. The earliest mention of ice cream sandwiches in North America come in the year of 1899 street vendors in New York recently sold slabs of ice cream between sheets of paper called hokey pokies. What? Hokey pokies. So when I do the hokey pokey, I'm doing the ice cream sandwich. Why would you put an ice cream sandwich in and out? And why does that have to do with my arms and then do the hokey pokey and turn myself around? Do I get an ice cream sandwich for doing the hokey pokey? Have I been chipped my entire life? I mean, that is what it's all about. <sighs> right foot. <laughs> Mischievous. Mischievous. <laughs> 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 
my goodness. <clears throat> oh, well done. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself right now. <laughs> you should be. You should be so, so proud of yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway. Um, mm, the earliest U.S. patent having to do with ice cream sandwiches, number 1,387,613, is by Russell H. Proper for an ice cream sandwich machine in 1921. Did you know National Ice Cream Sandwich Day is August 2nd and has been celebrated since 2005? Hmm. Am I going to put that on my calendar and celebrate it? Yes. Yes, I am. Because I love ice cream sandwiches. Do you have anything to say? You look like you're like about to say something. Well, I didn't want to derail us too much, but I was just going to ask what your favorite kind of ice cream sandwich was. Just normal ones. Just the classic vanilla with yeah. the brown chocolate. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know what to call those things. Wafers, cookies, whatever. Wafer cracker cookie. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, I mean, that's... An absolutely fair answer. Those do slap very Wave hard. Wave cracky? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. I do like the ice cream sandwich where those are replaced with cookies sometimes. Yes. That is called a uh, chip witch. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a cute name. Where the ice cream, usually vanilla, is sandwiched between two chocolate chip cookies. It is good. It's so good. Okay, we're going to get to variations, so hold on. Okay. So a little history. There are records of pushcart vendors selling slabs of ice cream, like we just heard in the 1890s, um, called Hokey Pokies. They were sold for the princely price of a penny. (laughs) Sponge cake got its turn as the quote-unquote bread of the ice cream sandwich, according to Food Network, but the creation was too fragile and became a true disaster if the ice cream began to melt at all. (laughs) So the next natural step was some sort of cracker. Graham crackers were tried, according to the culinary anthropologist. I want to be a culinary anthropologist. Oh, dang. Deb Duchon, which is probably D-U-C-H-O-N, which is probably Dukin. (laughs) Deb Dukin. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be a special episode today. I don't know if you guys caught that yet, but (laughs) it's going to be a special day. (laughs) however the ice cream sandwich in its current form vanilla ice cream between two chocolate cookies traces its history to a vendor named jerry newberg who sold the treats at pittsburgh's forbes field during baseball games starting in 1945 that's according to newberg himself although impartial third party evidence to prove his claims has yet to surface what 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 struck you joe I don't know if you caught it, but when you were pronouncing her name, I laughed, but then I snorted and I didn't mean to. When you start laughing, Zoom like cuts it out because I don't, I don't know why. I was, I was just kind of chuckling about how you were going back and forth over the pronunciation of her name and all of a sudden I'm just like... This is going to be an episode for the books, everybody. Uh, get it together, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Okay, I think I'm good. And you don't have to be. It's okay. No. Everybody likes it when we go off the rails. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. In the UK, an ice cream wafer consisting of a small block of ice cream between two rectangular wafer biscuits was a popular alternative, alternative, alternative to a cone up until the 1980s. A, quote, nougat wafer was also available, consisting of a layer of mallow. Where's the marsh? Is it just mallow? <laughs> I don't want mallow without marsh. Um, sandwiched <laughs> between two wafers and coated with chocolate around the edges. Typically a vanilla block or layer of soft serve sandwiched between one plain wafer and one chocolate covered nougat one. This is known as a single nougat in Scotland with a double nougat pronounced nugget, double nugget. <laughs> Nougat nugget. Double nugget. <laughs> Why don't you just spell it like nugget then if it's N O U G A T? Nougat nugget. 
nougat there there we go having nougat wafers on both sides <laughs> raspberry sauce is also a, <laughs> raspberry sauce is also a common mischievous topping <laughs> Every time I do that, the dog who's sleeping over there just <laughs> puts his head up and looks at me like, really? So it is indeed mischievous. It is indeed because I have it coming through my computer speakers in the room. Anyway, it's fine. Okay, so some variations from Cosmopolitan that got me super excited. There was like this lemon gelato ice cream between waffles why haven't I thought of putting ice cream between waffles? Joe? Yeah. Why? I, I was just trying to think if I've ever had an ice cream waffle sandwich, and I don't think I have. I think the closest thing would be my mom used to make this dessert called chocolate turtles, Ooh. which were basically kind of like a chocolate cake slash brownie waffle mm. with vanilla ice cream. So that's like two thirds of the way there, but mm -hmm. that is a brilliant idea. Yeah, it would have to be made fresh because mm -hmm. I don't want to eat frozen waffles, mm -hmm. but we do have a mini waffle maker Ooh. that would make the perfect size rounds for this. Maybe I will do that later. Okay, great. Good talk. That would be fun. Um, you can have ice cream between cookies. There's a recipe for between lemon zucchini cookies. Whoa. Why are you putting zucchini up in the cookies? Yeah, no. Keep that out of there. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, when we get offended about something to do with food, we both have these very critical, <laughs> particular about food, New Jerseyans inside no. of us. No. Like... Keep the zucchini out of the ice cream. What do you? <laughs> I can't breathe. Like never in my life have I, have I looked at a zucchini and thought, yeah, put that in the ice cream. It sounds real no. good. No. No. Get it out of my cookies. Get it out. Out of my cookies. <laughs> What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> Something about the phrase, get it out of my cookies. <laughs> get, it. get it out of my cookies. Get it out. No. No. No in my cookies. Oh my goodness. I think I'm going to have a stomach cramp before this episode is over. <sighs> Sit up tall. <laughs> Here we go. Stretch them out. Okay. Okay. I'm good. Um, there was one variation where you could roll sprinkles on the outside. I love sprinkles. Also known as Jimmy's. And I know that because of this podcast. And I researched <laughs> that once. Go us. Woo. Okay. Guys. Oh. <sighs> Ice cream sandwiches are ridiculously easy to make. Mm. You can do it in less than an hour. Why have I never done this before? Oh my gosh. Okay. I linked the Food Network recipe in the show notes, which you could find just by Googling ice cream sandwich Food Network. Um, you take chocolate cookies, which are like the wafer sandwich cookie cracker things um they take like probably 10 15 minutes to actually assemble the dough of those cookies and then they take like 15 minutes to bake and then they said just get pints of ice cream and take a serrated knife oh, and like yeah, cut yeah, yeah, through yeah. that so then that you already have perfect ice cream rounds and then you put the ice cream on the cookies and then you wrap them and freeze them or just eat them <laughs> you don't have to wait <laughs> you don't have to wait you just eat them <laughs> I did, I, it's weird I think like two days ago I had a weird ice cream related revelation what happened I, I was just in my kitchen and I looked at the freezer and I thought you know you're an adult now <laughs> like, if you decide that you want to have ice cream for dessert any night can be an ice cream night 
Like you That's don't true. have to, no one has to give you permission. You can just have ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I basically just had a variation of that conversation with my counselor right before this recording. Uh man, mild spoiler alert. It's all <laughs> coming up ice cream. Yeah, great. And ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> so there's that. But no zucchini. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Any more thoughts on ice cream sandwiches before we move on? I think we covered it. Great. Um, history of groundbreakings. This was actually pretty interesting. Wikipedia said groundbreaking, also known as cutting, sod cutting, turning the first sod, or a sod turning ceremony, is a traditional ceremony in many cultures that celebrates the first day of construction for a building or other project. Such ceremonies are often attended by dignitaries, such as politicians and businessmen. The actual shovel used during the groundbreaking is often a special ceremonial shovel, sometimes colored gold. It's all spray paint, guys. It's all spray paint. <laughs> like it just, ugh. Meant to be saved for subsequent display and maybe engraved. Mm. I don't understand. I don't understand. In other groundbreaking ceremonies, a bulldozer is used instead of a shovel to mark the first day of construction. In some groundbreaking ceremonies, both the shovel and the bulldozer are used. Both of them. That's like ceremonial overload. <laughs> There's a website called ceremonialsupplies.com that had a more feely version of why. <clears throat> Pinpointing the historical beginnings of groundbreaking ceremonies to a specific time and place is impossible, but we do know they predate writing. Groundbreakings are architectural ceremonies, and any anthropologist or cultural historian will agree all ceremonies were and are based in religion. In almost every culture, the breaking of ground and laying of the cornerstone were both part of the same ceremony. The act of groundbreaking was considered a representation of breaking the earth to make a sacred deposit that would endorse a firm foundation. Offerings and sacrifices were buried at the same time that the ground was broken to create the foundation of any structure. The ritual was a representation of the importance of the act of constructing and making physical and real a concept that had originated in the imagination. It's widely accepted that we use myth and religion to find an internal explanation to the universe and our place in it. Architecture, groundbreaking ceremonies, serve a similar purpose. The act of creating, constructing, and building responds to a symbolic need to find meaning. The meaning is made visual in the form of the architecture, and we find evidence of this in grand architectural forms like Greek temples, Jewish synagogues, Christian cathedrals, and even in government buildings. That's so weird. They put an exclamation point there. Everything else has been periods. <laughs> and even in government buildings. Yeah. Oh, boy. The enactment of a myth is carried out through ritual interplay, and the symbolism of the cutting or breaking of ground is the cornerstone upon which everything is built. Yeah, I still don't really get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, I, <clears throat> when I had my studio um, in downtown Scotts Bluff, they asked me if I wanted to do a ribbon cutting ceremony, like the, the city, and I was just kind of like, no. No. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's so anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. So there's that. Let's talk about the box. The box. So there's several things inside of the box that I needed to look up that Ron said because he said the quarterson quarterson zebra root. Mm. <laughs> the quarterson zebra wood adjoined by floating tenons to the black walnut corner posts. Woo. There's three things I need to figure out there. Quarterson zebra wood and floating tenons. <laughs> so quarters on wood comes from trees, right? Trees are round. I think, I think so. I think so. <laughs> wait, doesn't wood come from, is oh, this wait. a trick question? 
isn't wood from rocks. <laughs> okay. So, cortisone wood is literally a tree. So, it's a round tree gone through this really big sawmill, and it's cut into quarters. Yep. So then, <laughs> let's let's envision it, shall we, as if it is a pie. Looking top down, cortison means you do two half marks, so it makes an X in the middle of this pie. So then, here we go. With the X at the, uh, like, 2 o'clock and 10 o'clock, whatever. So then draw all these straight lines all the way across it. So at the pinnacle of the X are the longest, or I should say the widest boards that you can get. And then out from there, they get a little shorter. If you want a beautiful visual of it, either Google Cordesan Wood or look at the show notes because you're a patron and I put it all in there already. <laughs> so... Wikipedia said that cortisone boards have two advantages. They're more resistant against warping with changes in moisture. And while shrinkage can occur, it's less troublesome. In high-end string instruments, the neck and fretboards can be made from cortisone wood since they must remain stable throughout the life of the instrument to keep the tone as invariable as possible. In acoustic guitars, cortisone wood is also often used for the sides, which must be... <laughs> which must be steam bent to produce compound curves. This is partly for structural reasons, but also for the aesthetics of highly figured timbers being highlighted when sawn this way. On high-end electric guitars and bass guitars, quarter sawn wood is also often used as the base material for the neck of the guitar, since it makes for a stronger and straighter neck. I was going to say I was excited about that because I have a couple guitars, I think, that have quarter song necks, and I've never looked up what that meant. Now you know. Now I know. Dives by joy. All right. Zebra wood. In the 20th century, the most important source of zebra wood was the wood of micro Berlinia, also known as Zebrano, which has been imported from Central Africa, specifically Gabon, Cameroon, and Congo. The heartwood is a pale golden yellow, distinct from the very pale color of the sapwood, and features narrow streaks of dark brown to black. Zebra wood can also be a pale brown with regular or irregular marks of dark brown in varying widths. It's almost always quartersawn to get the exciting alternating color pattern. Whew, so exciting. It's a heavy hardwood with somewhat of a coarse texture, often with an interlocked or wavy grain. The interlocked grain of this wood, like that of many tropical woods, can, be, can make it pretty difficult to work with. It's also a decorative exotic wood. Used in a limited way for veneer, wall paneling, custom furniture, furniture trim, inlay bandings, marquetry. M-A-R-Q-U-E-T-R-Y? Do you have any idea what that is? I don't. Cool. Um, specialty items and turnery. It's also sometimes seen as stocks of shotguns and rifles or in exotic guitars. In the past, it was used in Cadillac and Mercedes-Benz automobiles. And mm. because of its hardness, it can also be used for skis and tool handles. That now is cool. you know. Okay, so I went down this whole rabbit hole trying to figure out what a floating tendon was. So I found a bunch of articles where people were already assuming that I knew what a tendon was. And I was like, <laughs> no, back it up. So Wikipedia said a mortise and tenon um, joint connects two pieces of wood or other material. Woodworkers around the world have used it for thousands of years to join pieces of wood, mainly when the adjoining pieces connect at right angles. Mortise and tenon joints are strong and stable joints that be, can be used in many projects. They furnish a strong outcome and connect by either gluing or locking into place. The mortise and tenon joint also gives an attractive look. Ooh. One drawback to this joint is the difficulty in making it because of the precise measuring and tight cutting required. In its most basic form, a mortise and tenon joint is both simple and strong. It has two essential basic components. The mortise is the hole or the slot, and the tenon is the peg or the tongue that goes into that slot. So, whew. Basically, 
a, there was two types of uh, tenons. There's an integral tenon, which means the fit is perfect between the mortise and the tenon. And there's a floating tenon where there's a little bit of play in it, a little bit of extra space that ends up getting filled with glue. And the two main arguments between should I use an integral or a floating was, do you believe that wood glue when it gets dry is as strong as wood, Mm. which most people say yes. So that is floating tenons. Very cool. I just talked for a really long time. It's your (laughs) turn. You did. You did a great job. Now it's time for our likes and dislikes where we talk about what we liked and what we didn't like so much. Joe, what did you like? I liked Leslie bamboozling Harold from Public Works with treats. Yes. I liked that Ron would have preferred a regular hamburger for eating. Obviously. (laughs) I like that snake juice makes an appearance. Yep. I also like that Chris now knows where to go to place a bet on horse fighting. (laughs) (laughs) And I just loved about that whole snake juice interaction. It seems to suggest that there is a real black market underground demand for snake juice. Yeah. Uh, So that was fun. Oh, wow. There actually is horse fighting. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. It's a blood sport between two stallions, which is organized for the purposes of betting or entertainment. Oh, no. Abort. 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 (laughs) Great. Backing up. (laughs) Get that out of my cookies. (laughs) I don't want no zucchini in my cookies. Uh, I like the quote, ain't no party like a Leslie Note party because a Leslie Note party is actually 30 parties. It's like it ramps up and then it's like, oh. (laughs) I like that Ron understands the near excessive value of two of his handshakes. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. He's I got like the market on him. <laughs> I like that Tom wishes the guys were Donna. That was a really funny <laughs> moment. It was. I like that Donna is going to run this town now that Anne is out of the dating pool. Obviously. Who else would? I like that Public Works put up a sign, especially for Leslie, with a picture <laughs> and security guards. <laughs> that was such a perfect comedic reveal. Yes, they know who they're parts. dealing with. It was this, then that, then that. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. I like that Oren is back. Yep. I like Anne and Ben exchanging advice on how to deal with their partners. Yes. So perfect. (laughs) The chia seeds in a fig. That sounds gross. I guess figs already have seeds and you're just putting more seeds on on seeds. Well, (laughs) seeds on seeds on seeds. That's how Chris lives. Get that out of my cookies. (laughs) Which reminds me of Nacho Libre. It's like, get that corn out of my face. Get that corn out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) Those eagle eggs were a lie, Steven. Oh Obviously. my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> did you not tell them they were the Lord's cheeps? <laughs> Why can't we ever just have something like a salad? Do you not know I've had diarrhea since Easter? Since Easter? Okay. <laughs> Obviously, a very quotable movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, we're back. And I like Andy remembering that he and Anne used to date. Wow. So good. I like April crying because she's scared that Anne won't really leave. (laughs) It's possible. So good. I like loose cannon Anne when she just hauls off and puts Catherine Pinewood in a headlock. And really, what are you going to do when a pregnant woman puts you in a headlock? I thought about looking into the legality of that and I said, Joel, you've done enough dives today. It's fine. (laughs) I like that Pistol Pete is back. Yes. And he still wants to get out of his own shadow. That's all he wants. He just wants to be able to live his life. (laughs) And I just, I noticed at that point, this episode has a lot of fun callbacks and is paced really well. It absolutely is. Very, very well paced episode. Yep. And then 
I want a spinoff series that follows elderly Andy and April moving to Transylvania and hunting vampires so bad. I would watch that. Except the twist is there are no actual vampires. They just think there are and they think everyone around them like their poor normal neighbors are vampires. It could be plausible. That would be I'd watch at least three seasons of that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I like April and Anne's nice moment. Yeah. I like how much April has to fight her own <laughs> self to have a nice moment. <laughs> yes. So good. I like Ron's input about salt water warping the wood. So keep your tears in your eyes where they belong. <laughs> it's one small tear that's probably half dried by now, Ron. <laughs> And then I like that this is another instance of Parks and Rec's music choice being spot on. And it's yeah. made better by the fact that, like I've mentioned before, they use actual music in the show so sparingly. Right. And when they do, they never miss. Yeah. And it was interesting they played it twice in the episode. Mm-hmm. Which means you only had to get copyright for it once. <laughs> hey. Use that song. Yep. Uh, and then my last like is that there has never been a sadness that can't be cured by breakfast food. This That's is the right. episode. That's right. So what did you like about this episode? Oddly, I'm really glad that the conclusion of the Chris and Anne arc is here. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I would feel this way, but I do. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I love um, the whole Harold from Public Works arc and how he loves the cookie and how it just keeps going one layer deeper and one layer deeper. I love April being excited to say goodbye to Anne. I love the whole principle of the buddy boxes mm-hmm. and Ben being like, that year was insane. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Yeah. And then the small detail of, of Tom being like, I thought these were destroyed by the FDA. Cute. <laughs> Cute. Um, I love April's response to Leslie where she's like, Tell Anne about the groundbreaking frame Anne for murder, release a deadly virus into the water supply. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Chris has a corner of the party and it's his favorite dessert replacement. <laughs> <laughs> the public works put up, putting up a fence with the three things like that. Is, mm, so funny. So, so funny. Good. I love the reference to Michelle Obama, Holy mother of Malia and Sasha. I love them both equally. I'm actually listening to Michelle Obama's book Becoming right now. So that hit me as even funnier because I'm in the middle of that book. <laughs> I love that Oren is the Easter bunny. Right. <laughs> uh, and then his awkward wave and like he's fully in character, which uh-huh. Kudos that to was him. one of the most beautiful comedic moments of this yeah. whole episode in my yep. humble opinion. Because it's such a slow burn. You know, yeah. we've had Oren built up and established for so long. And then to see him jump and prance around in the yep. Easter Bunny costume. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I love Ben and Anne discussing their intense partners. Andy's conclusion with Anne, which was have fun in Mexico, which seems appropriate. <laughs> I love a- uh, when April starts crying that, you know, possibly Anne won't actually leave. I love the depth of Ron's affirmations where he says goodbye. Anne. he actually uses her name. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. I have enjoyed parts of our time together. <laughs> and now both she and Larry are sobbing. Mm-hmm. So cute. I love he gave two handshakes to Chris and an index card that says Ron. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a little callback to some past research. Ron was shoveling devils on horseback into his mouth while they were standing at those little cocktail tables. So Well done. Yes. I love when Leslie has a hands-in moment that April's just like, dark forces arise. <laughs> so funny. I love the whole plot line of the favors where it goes from Harold to Catherine Pinewood to Pete to Purd. Ah, uh, love it. Mm-hmm. I love the April mumbling. <laughs> okay leslie's coming back get off me wench (laughs) i love the conclusion of the park story with them sitting on the bench it's a really nice bow Mm -hmm. i don't know if you noticed this but the trailer 
that Ann and Chris had was from the Lurpus Midwest Moving Company. I didn't notice that. Good catch. It was in there for a hot second. And I was very proud of myself. I'm proud of that. You should be. Last like is there has never been a sadness that can't be cured by breakfast food. As it should be. I do have a couple mid likes. Leslie's intense documentation of everything. It's both adorable and also wow. Mm-hmm. 103 albums. No. No, I don't have space for that in my house. No, make it digital. I'll save it in a file and forget about it. <laughs> um, ain't no party like Leslie No Party because Leslie No Party is actually 30 parties. That's overwhelming. That's so overwhelming to me. It's a lot of logistics. But it's totally Leslie. So good for you. And I'm not participating. Okay, <laughs> goodbye. What did you dislike? Just two things. Number one, in theory... An ice cream sandwich taste test sounds fun, but in reality, I think it'd be hard to manage because that's a whole lot of sandwiches to go through before they all melt. So here's the thing. I used to work with my friend Chelsea. She had a cupcake business and we once did a blitz downtown Chicago. We went to like 10 cupcake shops in a day. Granted, cupcakes don't melt. Um... But we quickly came up with a form and we like called some friends last minute impromptu because we're like, now we have so many cupcakes. What do we do with them? Um, And we put together a Google form taste test for each cupcake. And so there's a part of me that's like, this is if you're looking for actual data, you can gather actual data. It will be fine. You just put together a Google form. Obviously, what else would you do? Nerd. And... Mr. Macwell has risen from his slumber. <laughs> I, just, I see his head rise like Godzilla <laughs> from the ocean behind you. <laughs> it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, depending on like when you're ready to test them, like you pull out number one, you slice it into the appropriate amount of slices, you taste it, you take your notes, you put it back in the freezer, mm. then you pull out number yep. two, like. There's appropriate sequencing for this. Yeah, There'd be a way to do it. It just seems like if you got them all out on the table, it would get bad real fast. So, ladies and gentlemen, what we have learned is if you need to plan an ice cream sandwich taste test, my name is Joy Bork. You can get in touch with me at uh, rewatchparks at gmail.com. Or if you want to go a much less practical route, (laughs) you could arrange for the entire taste test to be held inside of a walk-in freezer. I thought you were about to say inside of an ice cream sandwich. And I was like, how is this going to happen? It wasn't that less practical. (laughs) Or you can be even more less practical and have it inside an ice hotel in Sweden. There you you go. That's how we do it. That's the ultimate right there. That's the Leslie Note version. Yes. Yes. Inside an ice castle. I'm 100% down for that. Great. I'm glad we had this talk. (laughs) Like as a palate cleanser between sandwich (laughs) tastings, you get like a sip of milk down an ice luge. (laughs) Let's do this. This sounds fun. I'm so down. So down. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And then my second dislike is... Calling Harold's brain tiny right after he gave you what you wanted. Not kind. Mm -mm. Yeah, that was just like, oh, that's kind of mean. Okay. Mm -mm. Um, Yeah, so that's it for my dislikes. What did you dislike about this episode? Uh, There's one phrase that struck me awfully, and that was Leslie saying, what's the point of being married to a city manager if he can't wield unfettered power to crush my enemies? (laughs) There it is. That's, she finally said her motivation. Thanks for getting it out there, I guess. And my second dislike is I just realized I want to see Ethel Beavers again. And she could have been in this episode, but she wasn't. It has been a minute since we've seen her. I know. And now it's time for the beautiful rule-breaking moth, the coronation. I said that all backwards, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) The coronation of which we commence to... Marketing brilliant. Begin. Various accolades. Mischievous. Mac is very excited about this. (laughs) He's like, oh, you're raising your arms? What what are we doing over here? I can celebrate me. Me. (laughs) I'm celebrating me. 
Joe, what's Aww. your what are you coordinating? Uh <laughs> the my beautiful rule breaking moth is the difference in Anne's reactions to mm. Larry and then Ron's goodbyes. Yeah. That that scene to me is one of the funniest, I think maybe in the whole series. Yeah. Because it's such a slow burn p- payoff that plays <laughs> so well because we know Ron so well. Right. Uh, right. And so we know that it, we, it makes total sense to us why Anne would just lose it and have a right. meltdown when he says basically nothing because we yep. know for Ron that's actually a really big deal. Yep, it totally <laughs> so is. It's yeah. just so funny. Yeah. I love it. So uh, who or what is your beautiful rule-breaking moth? Mine's like a, in the same vein as yours, but like because of that slow burn that you just talked about, like I just love Ron's affirmations in this episode. Mm-hmm. They're so amazing. And now it's time for the sh- shaming of the Jerry, the part of the show where we shame one particular thing for bringing the episode down or being unnecessarily annoying. <laughs> it seemed like you channeled Christopher Walken there for a minute. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm very the, distracted. The pod. <laughs> the pod. Well, it's also because the dog wants to leave the room. And I was like, what are you doing over there, buddy? I was a little distracted. <laughs> Joe, who's Jerry? This episode makes me frustrated in part because it's so good. Mm. I buy Anne and Leslie's friendship so much in this episode. Yeah. When to me, it's been much less believable in previous episodes. Yeah. And so it's like it hits this stride and gets this good right as Anne is leaving. Yeah. So I just I guess I wish that they'd been more believable as these crazy best friends that are so in sync with each other and are on more equal footing. Yeah. Um, Because I guess I just didn't really get that from a lot of episodes this season. And all of a sudden it's here and then now she's gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great observation. So my who Jerry's or what that, is your Jerry? It just feels like Leslie's still bulldozing. Mm. Like, did, did she need to? She got herself into the mess with Harold. Mm. I mean, she got herself out of it, but also, like, you didn't have to get yourself in that. So there's that. And now it's time for the awarding of the Lil Sebastians, the ceremony in which we rate each episode against the entire catalog of Parks and Recreation episodes by awarding it between one and five Lil Sebastians. One obviously being the lowest and five representing perfection, the most magical episodes of all time. Joy! How many Lil Sebastians would you rate Anne and Chris? Five. Oh! Oh! <laughs> that was a really quick Doppler. It was effect. a really quick one. Just, just a five. I gave it a five. I haven't given a five in a long time. Joe, what did you rate it? I also rated this episode a five, <laughs> which means that this episode is officially inducted into the Parks and Rewatch Hall of yes. Fame. Yes, it is. And Hall now it is time to ask that all important question. Where, where in where, the where, world where, in, is in, John the, the world? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't catch up. I was like, <laughs> my delay was set t- too high. Too, 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 too hot, too high. <laughs> uh, so, as always, this segment is for episodes where the character is not featured. We speculate where he might be and what he mm-hmm. might be doing. Joy. Mate. What do you think John Ralphio is up to during the events of Anne and Chris? Well, I think the raccoons are actively trying to spread fake news on the internet about how to scare away raccoons <laughs> so that people will think oh. they're scaring them away when in actuality they're setting up a scheme to get rich quick. Oh my gosh. You that know is what I'm saying? Brilliant. You know what I'm saying? It's like getting hit by a lexus. <sighs> Wow, they yeah. they become a menace, 
Yeah. And then they sell a bunch of like online courses on how to get rid of menacing raccoons. Right. Rinse and repeat. They're setting up their own market. Wow. I know. It's brilliant. So where do you think John Ralphio is? I think he is crying in a corner at Anne's goodbye party because he didn't realize it was Oren in the Easter Bunny costume (laughs) until it was too late. (laughs) Poor guy. I know. Do you think this will be the thing that finally gets him into counseling? Nope. Not a chance. Well, (laughs) there goes that hope. Uh, and now it's time for Johnny Karate's Karate Moves to Success, an yeah. inspirational segment in which we apply the karate moves to success in our own lives. And Joy, you did an extra move this week. I did an extra move this week. Okay. What was your move? Um, uh, so there's a list that I have that's all about like things that I want to make. And one of the things that's been on that list has been corn dogs. Whoa. Do you know how easy corn dogs are to make? I'm assuming fairly easy. So easy. And do you know what I learned? What'd you learn? Check your oil temperature because if it's uh, really hot and you put a corn dog in there, it basically <laughs> <laughs> the, the, mm, the batter kind of explodes a little bit and gets burned real fast. So... <laughs> Check your oil temperature. Make sure it's about 375, not <laughs> higher than that by some degrees. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, Joy. We all smoke a corn dog every once in a while. <laughs> do we, though? I yeah, still ate it, do. and it was good. So. <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, okay. So you made corn dogs. I actually made something this week too. What'd you make? I've I've actually been making a lot of things recently. <gasps> Tell um, me everything. Because the guy that I do um, videography work for, uh, who has a barbecue sauce company, um, I basically just get inspired by his recipes and then I'll make them because I watched him make them and it looks like fun. So last week I made uh, I made. Pineapple upside down cake. Yes. Uh, that was very good. That does not suck. It did not at all. Um, and then I, what I, cause I cooked for friend of show Andy's birthday dinner. Um, so pineapple upside down cake was his birthday cake. And I'm trying to remember what I made for the, oh yeah. I made lobster mac and cheese. What? Uh huh. Yep. We had some butcher box lobster. So I made. <sighs> mac and cheese uh lobster mac and cheese and it was very good i'm Uh, so impressed with you right now yeah i butter poached the lobster and then Uh, chopped it up and incorporated it into the mac and cheese you had me at butter and then you had me at poached (laughs) and then you had me at lobster and then you had me again at mac and cheese (laughs) and then this week i made tomato soup from scratch uh, which i'd never done before and was actually pretty easy and a lot of fun Wow. And then to go with it, I made Welsh rabbits. What is that? I didn't know either. It's basically a fancy English term for grilled cheese. Um, Welsh but rabbits? It was, I made it on toasted sourdough bread <gasps> uh, with a cheese sauce from a roux. So I built a roux and then... <laughs> Uh, incorporated that into the cheese and it was oh, it was very good. It's a hot cheese based sauce served over slices of toast bread? Uh huh. Why uh-huh. have I never known about this? I know! Ah! It contains no rabbit! <laughs> it does not. Okay uh, cool. I'll look at those recipes later. So yeah. A lot of fun. <sighs> so yeah. We both just been killing it in the kitchen. Yeah. What are you going to karate chop? I would like to karate chop car wash coin machines. Uh Uh-oh. Who did what to you? (laughs) So, you know those machines at the car wash where you can get bills changed into quarters? Mm Mm-hmm. You know how they have that little light on them that says lit when, out of service when lit? Mm Mm-hmm. Never in my entire life have I been to a car wash and had this happen. 
I put a $5 bill in to wash my, my truck the other day and I got four or five quarters and then it stopped and I just heard really? a whirring sound for a long time and then the light came on that says out of service when lit. So cool. it just ate my money and I'm salty about it. So as you should be. Because <laughs> there's no one there. There's no one to go to and say, excuse me, sir, your machine took my money. <laughs> no. 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 Give it no. back. No. <laughs> I just wanted to go wash my car. But no. No. Anyway, uh, what would you like to karate chop this week? Crawling in attics. So last <laughs> week I said, you know, there's some home stuff I need to be working on. I crawled up in our attic to see if I could replace oh. our bathroom fan from the attic. Yeah. And it is at a place where a bunch of the eaves are all descending into this tiny oh. little corner. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> Joy will not be changing this fan. <laughs> Man. That's so I'm karate fun. chopping that. And also I had a weird dream last night. Um, Facebook just sent out a message saying we're no longer like going to upload your podcasts to Facebook Uh or whatever. And I had a dream that you took that as like Facebook is not going to like let our group exist anymore. So you just deleted our group. (laughs) And I remember being like, Joe, no. And then going down like a bunch of rabbit trails about like how to recover deleted group on Facebook because <laughs> then the thought of like starting all over with everybody in our fan club just was so overwhelming I got really sad so please don't delete our group uh, Joe d- dream Joe why'd you do that <laughs> dream Joe why 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 be nice to why <laughs> okay so I gave a mild spoiler alert earlier this is your <laughs> semi-annual official permission to go get ice cream. If you're watching, this is really <laughs> awkward. I just took a drink of booch and part of the scoby came out and just like dipped <laughs> all the way down my chin and uh, through the V of my V neck. And you can imagine what happened after that. <laughs> Sorry, but yes, ice cream. Go get ice cream. <laughs> and might be nice to someone is or make yourself an ice cream sandwich. And forget everything I just said. Okay, great. It's super easy. <laughs> Ice cream. <sighs> that's the point. That's the point of this. <sighs> are, are you okay? Are you dying? Uh, I, I don't know what dying. happens. I don't know what happens when a scoby comes out of boot. You eat it. It's just like a slimy thing. Oh, I don't I don't want that. Get that out of my cookies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, Joy, you better uh, take us to the outro. We got to get out of here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What are we doing with our lives? Mischievous. Don't know. <laughs> uh, So I picked a song, and I'm really proud of it, except I remember the chorus, but now I don't remember how the verse goes. Stand by. Give me one second. Standing by. We're standing by. Isn't it great? Uh, Uh, Yeah, okay, cool. Listen to it in my head really quick. Okay, I got it now. Joe, give me a, uh, a word, please. Ice cream. Sometimes you just want some ice cream, and then some other times you don't want ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're gonna make your own ice cream, you might as, <laughs> rhyme might it, as well rhyme it, rhyme it with Wolverine. Rhyme it with Wolverine. <laughs> you might as well milk a Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> it's something unpredictable, but in the end, it's right. 
I hope you had the time of your life milking a wolverine. I was going to say, that is pretty unpredictable. (laughs) You probably had to go to Canada to do it, so good for you. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Okay, give me my next word. I'm I'm never going to think of this song by Green Day the same ever again, because every time I hear it's something unpredictable, I'm going to be like, yeah, like Wolverine milk ice cream. It's probably very high in nutrition. I don't know. It's fine. Everything's fine. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) All right, hit me with another word. (laughs) I don't know. Um... (laughs) And just when you got over some childhood trauma... Up comes the Easter Bunny with your mama. (laughs) And she says, it's okay, we're just going to take a picture. And then all of a sudden, its head comes off and it's orange inside. It's something unpredictable, but in the end, it's not right. I hope you had the time of your life running away and crying by yourself in the corner of the bathroom. (laughs) Both both of those things are unpredictable. Woo! It's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. (laughs) Take it away, Joe. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us. If you would like more Parks Under Rewatch in your life, I'm not going to stop. I keep going. You can follow us on Instagram. I can't stop. I hope you have the time of your life making uh, a Wolverine. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at Rewatch Parks. You can join the official Parks and Rewatch fan club on Facebook, which I am not going to be deleting. Good. <laughs> if you would like to support our show and help us make these episodes going forward, you can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Parks and Rewatch. And if you sign up at the Pawnee Goddess or Swanson Tears, you get instant access to the Hucking Booths, our after Actually, show. that is predictable. Which it's is just for patrons. predictable. And in the end, it's definitely right. You should become mm-hmm. a Patreon. Because then you'll have the time of your life listening to us do this more. (laughs) And if you are an email type of person, you can email us at rewatchparks at gmail.com. And we would love to hear Mm -hmm. from you. We did get an email from Sammy this last week. Thank you for your email, Sammy. We appreciate you. Oh, I didn't see it because I need to re-put in the password. (laughs) And I need your help. We got hacked and had to change everything a while ago. Oh, oh wait, no. Actually, the email one's still the same. Well, I, I still need your help because Google yeah. wants it to be two-factor authentication. Uh, I'll help you. You help me? <laughs> Great. And if you are enjoying our show, oh, man. I hope you it had would be the time <laughs> of your life. And if you are having the time of your life, you could head over to Spotify and leave us a rating. <laughs> And leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much, everyone. And what do we say? Wolverines. (laughs) Well done. Mischievous. Ah! Mischievous. Ah! Mischievous. Mischievous.